Welcome to the Smith and Rowland Show. Let's join our host, Alan Smith and Jeff Rowland. What's up? Well, welcome everybody to the new Smith and Rowland Show. The new studio. Yeah. Yeah. We are in the new studio. The new studio. And yeah. I can't see what it looks like. Can you, Alan? Oh, yeah. I'm looking at it. Are you really? Yeah, I'm looking. I see you right there. Yep. Sir, you can, Every, you can see me. Everything looks brand new in here, but mm-hmm. you. But me? Yeah, but you. Yeah. Wow. Well, I used to could see what it looked like on this TV screen in front of me here, but now I yep. can't see it. Now it's just a, now it's just like a cartoon here, I can caricature fix it for you. of There of we go. The, uh, <laughs> is that better? I'm telling you. Jason, right I just want to remind everybody what you, you look like there. You asked for it, Roland. That's you all know, I can tell okay. you. Okay, well, let's just take a moment. No, let's and, not. That's long enough, Jason. Let's muse <laughs> over the picture on the screen. Yeah. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, that is me. I will to say it's the, close, oh. the closest thing I've seen to it yet and, is this. Yeah. But that's just me. Well, yeah, it <laughs> is just you. So, just that's just same that's haircut. Just yeah, same haircut. Right. Yeah. Same deal. Same deal. Well, guys, how did it go today at your at your abode of worshiping God? How did that go? The Word of God went forth. Did it? Yeah, and I understand it did at your place, too. It did. It went well. Tell, tell me all about it. Well, Jason was back at the back. He... I think we had a pretty good crowd today. It seemed like it was Yeah, good. it was a great crowd. Worship was good. I uh, did my 70th, 8th lesson on As in the Days of Noah. <laughs> 78. <laughs> yeah, if you, and, and that's one week, so that's 78th week. Wow. Uh, I was really hoping that the Lord would, you know, come, come on. Back yeah, before. so I got yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Well, when was, uh, how old was Noah when the flood happened? <laughs> well, yeah, he's older than me, but. Maybe you have to teach yeah. mm. the same amount of same lessons amount per of lessons. year, same weeks to year. Wow, this yeah. is scary. Yes, you might have another seventy to go or so. I imagine. Oh my goodness. Yeah. What are we? But you know, say? I logged into the through the Grace Place live stream today, Did and you? I saw um, Jeff sitting there playing a really playing pretty a Martin Sunburst. Playing guitar. I played guitar, guitar today. Play guitar today. I played guitar today, and I'm praising the Lord for that. Uh, I've, not been able to, I've not been able to play guitar in several weeks, uh, actually several months, because of my hands. But today was a good day, mm-hmm. and uh, it sounded good. I thought I'm just going to uh, to try that. And Did I Haley do some new guitar. songs today? Was that a um, new song she was? I just logged she, in for a minute. And she, um, I hadn't heard that one before. All the songs we do at the Grace Place, she she writes. Yeah, uh, we do all original. Music we but today we did some old hymns. We did um, "Tis So Sweet to Trust in Jesus," and we did "What a yep. Friend We Have in Jesus" and things like that. But it was really good. Well, it was cool. good. We had a good service. Tell tell me about your teaching. Yeah. Well, what I did was just it's just a thought to get us to go on, not so much my teaching, but I put up. You know, people get tired of hearing about the end times, and uh, so I th- I looked up some things that Billy Graham said about the end times. You don't. I didn't know that I remembered too much that he talked about, but he says, the end will come with the return of Jesus Christ. That is why a Christian can be an optimist. That is why a Christian can smile in the midst of all that is happening. We know what the end will be and the triumph of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Here's another quote. When the evil day comes, we do not have to be dependent upon the circumstances around us. That's a good thought. But rather on the resources of God. In this last one here, the second coming of Christ will be so revolutionary that it will change every aspect of life on this planet. Christ will reign in righteousness. Disease will be arrested. Death will be modified. War will be abolished. Nature will be changed. A man will live as it was originally attended for him to live. That's, That's Mr. Good. Billy Graham. And, you know, if people get drawn up about the end times and prophecy, kind of get themselves all in the saying that we talk about the end of the world like that's bad and all. If you don't understand your Bible, I guess it is bad. And if you're not yeah. ready to go. If you're not, well, there you go. That's another yeah. thought. If you're not ready to go, then mm-hmm. that that's kind of worrisome. Yeah. But it's to be, the Apostle Paul told us to encourage each other with such words. It was mm-hmm. an encouragement yeah. about the rapture of the church and then about the second coming of Christ was to be an encouragement. Mm-hmm. So we don't really speak of the end times or the end of the age like this is a tremendously bad thing, I guess you can say. Mm -hmm. Most everyone likes, they want God to uh, bring judgment upon those that are evil. And I made a statement today, y'all contested, both of you guys, but I said that uh, the reason we have evil today is because of uh, the grace of God allows it. Yes. And that's kind of a, I got a lot of, I raised eyebrows over that, and I could be standing to be corrected. But it seems to me that the grace of God allows me to continue in sin till I repent. Yeah. Not that sin doesn't have consequence. We all know that it has consequence. But because I'm living in the day of, of the grace of God, there's not instantaneous judgment like with Ananias and mm-hmm. Sapphira. Yeah. They lied against the Holy Spirit, and there was instantaneous judgment. But we know in the millennial reign, the thousand-year reign of Christ, that there'll be instantaneous, instantaneous uh, judgment. Yeah. And they were looking, and it looked like they were going right into that millennial reign. But there was a parenthesis, if you will. Um, some calls it an interim time. We know, and we've talked about it many times, of the church being that time of the parentheses in the prophesied program of the prophecy of Joel. Yeah. So we're living in the time of a mystery, a time of a secret. And in that time, we call it the day of grace and the gospel of the grace of God. But you've got to understand, God speaks his grace over the earth. Yeah. So the reason God didn't bring instantaneous judgment to Hitler was because of his grace. That's right. And that can get you kind of, Paul people, implies, people can misunderstand that, but I hope yeah. you can hear what I'm Paul, saying. Paul implies the same thing when he says, shall we continue in sin mm-hmm. that grace may abound? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the answer is no. no. Mm-hmm. But it also implies that what you, exactly what you're saying, mm-hmm. that uh, grace is still here and grace abounds. I find something interesting in what you uh, started with when you was saying, you know, a lot of people get tired of talking about the end times and this and that. One thing about that is the entire Bible is about the end times. It's not just the book of mm-hmm. Revelation. It is the entire theme interwoven since the fall of man. It's all about the end times. That's why Jesus said, and what you're preaching, as in the days of Noah, which mm-hmm. takes you back to Genesis you know, prior to chapter 6, mm-hmm. we draw from that those the parallel from that time to this time mm-hmm. being the end times. Mm-hmm. So the entire Bible 
is filled with the end times. Mm-hmm. I, I preached a couple of weeks ago about the feasts of the Lord. And, and I believe that those, those seven feasts that Israel mm-hmm. participated in typify and foreshadow Jesus Christ from his death all the way to the return and then even into the kingdom age. Right. I believe those feasts are all about that. So mm-hmm. you can literally say that the word of God, all of it, is about the end times. Mm-hmm. So you can't study any passage of Scripture and not draw some kind of interpretation yes. to the end times that we're living in mm-hmm. and to what's ahead of us. So I think that, that, you know, for people, and I know a lot of people who say that same thing, mm-hmm. you know, all, all you talk about is the end times. Well, that's because that's where we're at. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if we're going to be accurate as to where we're at, we need to gain understanding from the Word of God about what it says. Wouldn't that just be like call, talking about current news? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it sure is looking like it, isn't it? Same thing, same, same. You know, Alan, yeah. t- this morning you were talking about, and you might be getting to it, but you were talking about the seed of Satan running throughout since Genesis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I found that really interesting. I never really had... I really never really thought about it, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. We always talk, we all, I think everybody kind of jokes around about, well, that, that guy could have been a, the Antichrist. That guy could have been the Antichrist. Mm-hmm. But once you started talking about it, it really started making sense that Absolutely. every generation has had, has had an, an Antichrist. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's exactly so, right. I thought that was really interesting this morning. That was, that's been a really good series. You know, Jeff and I were talking about that too. And, you talking about in Genesis, mm-hmm. Genesis three fifteen. Jeff and I were talking about that this morning. It, mm-hmm. it dawned. Jeff said he had preached on the topic. Actually, for some reason, it just dawned on me uh, last night that there's a line of, of the seed of Satan upon the planet. It has to be just a like there's a line yeah. of uh, to the Messiah. I, I've just never carried the thought quite that yeah, far. Uh-huh. Well, that could really just mess some people's theology up, couldn't it? Well, it sure would. It would, uh, to say the least. Well, it says in Genesis 3.15, I will put enmity between thee and the woman Mm -hmm. and between thy seed and her seed, and it shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. And there's absolutely no other way of understanding. I have believed for some time that um, there has been a literal person of the Antichrist mm-hmm. in waiting since Acts chapter 1. Mm-hmm. And then even before that, you had to have a lineage, an earthly physical manifestation of the lineage of Satan in order to fulfill those coming prophecies. You know, I, th- I think you can see it very plainly uh, throughout the Old Testament as well as the New. Mm-hmm. And then especially into the time we're living in now, it's almost as if the time we're living in right now is a time where a lot of people are trying to locate and identify who the Antichrist is. Mm -hmm. But we know that the true identity of that person will not be revealed Mm -hmm. until the restrainer uh, is taken out of the way, which goes back to a podcast you and I done not too long back about the darkness is literally the absence of light. And I love the way Mm -hmm. you put that. Mm -hmm. And and that's, that's what darkness is. The interesting thing to me, is that darkness cannot prevail over the church, according to what Jesus mm-hmm. said. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church, but in Revelation 12, Satan does prevail. So darkness covers the earth at a time 
when the light is removed. Mm -hmm. So the light has to be removed before darkness can prevail, in other words. And I think that's an important concept. Uh, also, it brings a testimony to the fact that the church is, you, you have the apostate church here, but the church is already taken out of the way. Absolutely. And so that's a testimony Absolutely. Un, unto that, but the apostate yeah. church is not. I don't know if Jason has that online or not, but. What's that? This particular screen. Oh, yeah. But as you, that was the slide that I used this morning there, Jeff. It says, uh, and I will put in, you just read it, I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed, and it shall bruise his head, yeah. bruise his heel. And we see the seed of the woman, of course, is the Messiah, Revelation 12. Uh, zira, it means seed, of course, yes. it's offspring. Mm -hmm. But also it's the same word for seed of, of the serpent. So the question was, could there be a actual bloodline of Satan today on the earth. And then I pulled up, Jeff, if you can see in the left-hand corner, Revelation 12, 1. You know, it speaks about the woman clothed, which is, you know, what that is, 12 stars. Mm -hmm. uh, she's being with child, talking about Christ, uh, travailing in birth. And then all of a sudden there appears and a wonder in heaven, behold, a great dragon, red dragon, having seven hands, ten horns, seven crowns, and a tail of which drew a third part of the stars or the angels of heaven. And we see that scripture there. So it would have to be, and we know the storyline that Satan ever has uh, always had this bloodline. Jesus, or God's had this bloodline. So it's actually been, we now have this great battle of these two bloodlines. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you get down to Ishmael mm -hmm. and the stolen blessings and all of this. And we see these this battle of these bloodlines. So bloodlines. That's exactly right. That's <laughs> you right. Know, and um, I noticed one thing that Paul makes allusion to that in the book of Galatians as well. Uh -huh. You know, he's talking about basically the theme is: Are you born free or born in bondage? Mm -hmm. And it's the two bloodlines. Mm -hmm. yes. no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No. Yes, it's a curiosity. To me, that these horses, of course, you got the white horse, and you got the next horse is a uh, what color? Is it? Red, red, horse. red horse, and then you then got black, then you got black, and then you got pale, kind of a pale or uh, or whatever. But a white, red, uh, black of all of your Middle Eastern countries and their flags, they're all made up of those colors. Yeah, yeah, and that's interesting. Not saying that that means something, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but it seems to me that is an interesting. You know, too, you put up Revelation 12 there, and um, especially this month. This month, in 20, there's been more information about September of 2023 mm -hmm. than any time that I can remember in my lifetime as far as end-time signs, and everybody's pointing to Revelation 12. We know the literal interpretation here, mm -hmm. but it, it talks about the stars, mm -hmm. you know, and, and the moon. Verse 4 and, there. Mm -hmm. uh, all, all of the things that's that you find in Revelation 12, oddly enough, the way the stars are aligning this month, right at the Feast of Trumpets, which starts in six days from now, Okay, they're drawing allusions. Most people in the prophetic world right. are drawing allusions to this being the fulfillment of Revelation 12. Oh, really? And the way this this chapter is literally interpreted takes you back through the history of Israel. Mm -hmm. And we know that. Uh, you can follow the, the whole history of Israel in that chapter. You get down to the ten horns, and a lot of people are aligning that with the BRICS nations. Right. That are, there are now ten of them. And there is, a oddly enough, a seven-year 
covenant right. being formed this month in New York oh, really? at the United Nations. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a covenant between Israel and many other nations to wow. try to bring about peace. Uh, now, those things, uh, you know, we've seen some of those illusions in, in times past. But I, I've been intrigued with how this lines up with, I did a teaching a couple of weeks ago on the seven feasts, and those seven feasts fall in order. If you follow them through their order, you have Passover, the Feast of Passover, and, of course, we know that Christ was crucified at Passover. Mm -hmm. Then you have the Feast of Unleavened Bread, which typifies his burial. Mm -hmm. He wasn't corrupted in the grave, in Mm -hmm. other words, and that's what unleavened bread signifies. This is something interesting, Alan, that when the Jews celebrate Passover, they take three pieces of unleavened bread, and the centerpiece they pull out and break off in half, and they hide it. By the way, they don't even know really, you know, why they're doing. Most of them don't know why they're doing it, but it does signify the burial of our, of the body of the Lord that was not corrupted. Mm-hmm. You know, unleavened bread you can mm-hmm. it lasts forever. Mm-hmm. Then you got the feast of first fruits, which represents his resurrection. The feast of Pentecost, which is his ascension and the descension of the Holy Spirit. And then a lot of people think that, you know, the Lord's going to return at the Feast of Trumpets. Mm -hmm. Paul said that uh, we'll be changed at the last trump. Mm -hmm. And then there's some who say, no, that's talking about the trumpets of of Revelation. Those are different trumpets. Mm -hmm. They're trumpets of wrath. Yeah, that's Uh, not the same trumpet. And we've been, we're told we're Mm -hmm. not children of wrath. Mm -hmm. So, but the Feast of Trumpets starts September the 16th where all these stars are lining up that have kind of unusual names one star Mm -hmm. that is to just about to break orion's belt Mm -hmm. which is prophesied of in the book of Job. one of those stars is called the child really and yeah there's just all kinds of things that's Mm -hmm. going on what i'm trying to say is is that to take those feasts to take even what you're talking about going all the way back to genesis 3 15 concerning the seed of satan You run that all the way through the scriptures, it makes the entire Bible a book of end times. Exactly. You cannot preach anywhere Mm. from the Word of God without talking about the end times. And it's because of Genesis chapter 3. Right. If chapter 3 hadn't happened, we'd all been cool. Exactly. But but (laughs) chapter 3 happened. Yeah. And made a mess. Yeah, it made a mess. That's exactly right. It does intrigue me about you talking about the seed of Satan, the seed of Christ. Those, If there is a physical body mm-hmm. named Jesus who come from the lineage and bloodline of David, you also have to have a seed of Satan that is a physical manifestation. Satan always imitates what the Lord, mm-hmm. what the Lord Jesus has done. Mm-hmm. I think that was part of what the Nephilim age was all about, the antediluvian age, uh, going back. And I think that's why Jesus said, as in the days of Noah, mm-hmm. so shall it be. Mm-hmm. And in the coming of the Son of Man. So, yeah, I, I, I'm very much intrigued by that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's a proof of the times, uh, you know, that we we are in. But then now the next question is, what are we supposed to be doing during these times yeah yeah that's that's another another question and it if we go back to the grace statement of that the grace of god we are under the grace of god so therefore god gives us time to repent if you will 
uh, which I think is a great idea. I'm glad God decided to do that. That's a good but point. also, if he pours his grace out upon the earth, that means that wrong deeds are not being judged by God. I mean, I know a lot of people think, well, that was a judgment of God or this was a judgment of God. And I don't doubt, but what God can't do, what God wants to do. But as far as talking about the day of wrath, and the, you see, if God's held back his judgment, let's say now for a couple thousand years, if he's held back that wrath, and he has, the Bible says he stored it up. Mm-hmm. He stored up the wrath above mm-hmm. all wrath. And so when he does pour out that wrath, it is to bring judgment to all of these man-made debunkeries that's come upon the planet. God's going to judge it all. Yeah. And he will pour out his wrath upon it. But you can see why that wrath is going to be so severe, Jeff, how there has to be, you would think, a rapture of the church mm-hmm. because God's not going to take, pour his wrath out, according to the Apostle Paul, upon his people that he's going to, yeah. to uh, uh, just like with Israel and and the, uh, the what well, is like the Passover, the original Passover. Yeah. He, God had judgment, but yet, he protected his people. Yes, he did. Uh, you know, through that judgment. That's so exactly I right. think that's a uh, something we can rejoice in. So what are we to be doing in this day of grace? Well, we need to understand that not everybody's heard of this grace, and so therefore, there's uh, we got child trafficking. Uh, yeah, we've got people being mistreated incredibly. Yeah, and uh, the goal and the the way to fix it, if you will, is to take the gospel of Christ to the world. Yeah, that's that's exact. That is that's the our only hope. Yeah. And it's almost like that we have to get back to that simplicity. You know, we got to get back to not being ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God. If we're looking for the power of God to be manifest, we've got to get back to preaching the simplicity of the gospel message. I am I'm convinced of this. I made this statement, I think, last week when Pastor Abel from Cuba mm-hmm. was here. Mm-hmm. I made it again today at the church. I believe one of the greatest harvests that we could engage in would be inside the walls of the church buildings in America. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I believe that because that apostate church, Alan, is alive and well. Mm -hmm. But the believing remnant Mm -hmm. needs to take the gospel to that apostate church. And as a result of that, I think that those that are there sitting in the pews need to take inventory to see if they be in the faith. Mm And I think that's that's kind of where we're at today. I think you know that's we had an interesting. Uh, you know, we watched a video last week of Glenn Beck. It was just an incredible video. He said he just got off an airplane and speaking about the gospel. I don't remember the place he was speaking. Do you? He, remember he was that? in Virginia. It was at a dedication to Covenant rally. There was only a couple of hundred people there. Mm-hmm. I wanted to just point out one thing about the video if we're going to talk about it in just a second. It's all right. I've been saying for some time, uh, and this would be offensive to the religious world for many reasons, but I believe Glenn Beck is a national prophet. Mm-hmm. I've believed that for some time. Mm-hmm. What he shared in that video was he was done warning people. He said that the call of God on his life since age, basically from what I understood from the video, he gave his personal testimony of how he came to Christ, and he was 30 years old at the time. And God placed a call on his life to warn people. It was a call he didn't enjoy. 
He was looking for answers and solutions. But what God was using him for was warning people. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what the prophets in the Old Testament did. They brought about warnings from the Lord to people. Mm -hmm. And that's what he's been doing. He said God's removing that call from him. Mm. And he said the new call is about hope Mm. in Jesus Christ. As I was watching it, just the whole thing, and I'm hoping that we can get to a point where we can play it and kind of talk about it because there's so much in it you could do. But the thing that I got from the overall theme of it is that one season is now over. Mm. And we're entering into another season. And I, I think it signifies just how late the hour is. And that's kind of why I was kind of pressed inside to to look at that video. And if, if I could say anything to people that are listening now, it would be the season we've been in is now over. Life mm-hmm. is changing as we know it. It's, it's not about – I don't think we can go about life the way we used to. We have to go – we have to look at the new call. The new call is centered around the gospel of Jesus Christ. There are no more political solutions to the political problems we have. There's only solutions in Christ to the political problems. There's no more economic solutions to the economic problems we have. There's only hope in Christ to be our economy. That's that's kind of the way. There's no more answers in relationships that you'll find or in drugs or alcohol or in anything else. The answers is going to be in Jesus Christ. And I think this is an appointed season, an appointed time. And I also believe this. A friend of mine, he's a dear friend of mine. God had given him a word a couple of weeks ago, and he come and he told me this. He said, I believe we're living in the time of the last call. Wow. And I believe that. I think we're in this final call. God's making a final call. You know as well as I do, Proverbs 1 indicates that when God makes that final call, if you refuse, then he'll laugh when your fear comes. He will mock at your calamity. And and that being said, it would lead us into that time of Jacob's trouble and the wrath of God being poured out on the earth. So I think we're in that last call, and I think Glenn Beck kind of framed it in that fashion. He's done warning people. Now his message is hope in Christ. And I think that's where we've got to go to. I think that's the only solution. Well, his sincerity... I think that was about a week ago, wasn't it? it was a, well, it was actually a few months ago, but he... It was in July, wasn't it? Yeah, and he didn't know... He was trying That's to right. get it to where he could show it, and he just recently released it. And one of the things he said, he said, he looks horrible on the video, and he does. He really does. <laughs> he looks bad. <laughs> didn't he, though? I mean, he looked bad. But I'll say this. <laughs> everyone needs to see that video. They need to see that video. Yeah. It seemed like I didn't get to watch the whole thing, but it seems really good. He preached one of the best messages I've ever heard. I've been preaching all my life, and that was one of the finest messages I've ever heard in my lifetime where you could tap into on that video the sincerity of his heart. Mm-hmm. You could tell he was very sincere. He, he, didn't, he did not mind confessing his own personal arrogance mm-hmm. and That's humbling fine. himself over that. It was just a, uh, it was a wake up call for me in mm-hmm. watching that, because I was watching a prophet to this nation say he heard from God, stop 
warning the people. Stop warning the people. And when God does that, I've I've that's, preached. That's, 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 that's big, Alan. That's, that's a big. scary thought. It's a scary thought. And I've preached for years that one of the greatest punishments God can inflict upon a people is to give them what they want mm-hmm. when they've rejected what they need. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I believe that that's the season we're now in. Mm-hmm. And and he also said this. I thought this was interesting. He said those that had ears to hear the warnings have heard it. Mm-hmm indicating that there are so many that hear the words, but they can't hear the warning. People's ears are now dull of hearing. They're going about their lives, living their lives the same way they've always lived their life, and and it's not equaling a passionate release to Christ. Mm -hmm. They're not surrendering to Christ. They're going through religious motions, and then they're just kind of isolating themselves, walling themselves off, from the rest of the world and living in their own hut, you know, their little corner of the world and trying to build their own little corner of the world. And that's not, this is not, that's not the hour we're living in. Mm -hmm. The hour we're living in is to be recklessly surrendered to the cause of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And if we don't get there, then there's not going to be anything to sustain us. We cannot sustain ourselves. There's no possible way. We can't do that. Mm -hmm. Only God can sustain us. Mm -hmm. Well, what is what is Glenn saying that he's going to speak on now? Because all he's done for all these years is warn America. Is warn America, and what he's doing is is turning more to the spiritual solutions to the physical problems. Okay. Shortly after that, he had Jonathan Kahn on to talk about the return of the gods, Mm -hmm. and he he was talking about. This is where we are. The only hope is in Christ. Mm-hmm. Christ and Christ alone can defeat the principalities that's been released that is creating such a evil mm-hmm. in the world. Mm-hmm. It's not like we're supposed to, I think, stop naming sin. It's not that we're supposed to stop acknowledging the evil. Mm-hmm. But I do think that we now have to exhibit real faith in the God of heaven and in the Lord Jesus Christ to give us what we need Amen. Uh, on this earth. Amen. Amen. Totally agree. Well, listen, perhaps even maybe next week or sometime, let's go over this video. I would love to. Of Glenn Beck, I because it is a, he says he's done warning people, but the video itself is a warning. It's a warning. It's a, <laughs> a warning. Exactly. And uh, if he's the prophet you say he is, perhaps we need to take heed. I think so. And we can go through it perhaps next week. We'll just take it line mm-hmm. upon line and mm-hmm. and tear it apart and go there. And yeah. we're in our new studio, and we don't have everything quite up and running yet. But I think yeah. by next week we should be we should be good to go. Absolutely, good deal. Okay, guys. Well, where are we at there, Mister Jason? I think it's time to go home. Time to go home. I think I think we're yeah. all tired here. And if you're just now joining us, make sure you head on over to the Kingdom Prophetic Society dot org and join up. Join in the conversation. Yeah, do that. Jeff's there to answer all your 
theological questions. That's right. And most of the time what I'll do is take your question, ask Karen, and she'll get back to you. Karen, <laughs> yep, there you go. Our producer. That's yeah. right. Alan, why don't you pray for us real quick and send it. us on out of here. Okay. Well, Lord Jesus, we do love you, and we thank you for today. We thank you for our new studio. Yes, Lord. And uh, that you've given us a place to continue on with these broadcasts. And and Lord Jesus, we do. We want to pray for for Glenn Beck. And yes, Lord. That your Holy Spirit will continue to be with him. Give him, show him the path in which he can f- lead a fulfilled life in following you, and him say into the world what the things that you've given him to say. It's our prayer, oh God, that yes. we here at Smith and Rowland Show. It's our prayer that you'll help us to continually improve. Uh, on what we're doing about your kingdom. We're not happy with where we are, mm. or we're excited about where you're going to take us. Oh, Lord Jesus. So, Lord, be with us, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All, right. All right, say bye, guys. Bye, bye guys. <laughs> thank you for joining today's Smith & Rowan Show. You can check out our website at kingdompropheticsociety.org and our daily unplugged podcast at smithandrollinshow.podbean.com. You can also join us on Amazon, Apple, or Spotify.